0: Well, we've had a change of uh, readings this morning. It's uh, not uh, as on the screen. It's actually from uh, Revelations, the last book of the Bible, Revelation 7, uh, reading from verses 9 through to 17. And you'll find that on uh, page 1241 of your church church Bible. It's entitled, The Great Multitude in White Robes. After this, I looked All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where do they come from? I answered sir you know and he said these are they who have come out of the great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he sits on the throne and he sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence never again will they hunger Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes.
1: Thank you so much, Rod. Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to see you. You might have noticed that I'm not Bruce. Uh, so it's like one of those moments. I actually was at a uh, musical where um, the compere came on and so, said, ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry to announce that the lead role uh, will be played by the understudy today. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> like this. And so hopefully uh, you won't be experiencing the, uh, that uh, this morning. So um, as um, my tech crew gets, gets into it, well, hang on, let me, um, maybe I might just do that. I'm not sure why that happened. Um, Thanks so much, though. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, let me pray.
0: <clears throat>
1: Father, please would you open our eyes that we may see what you see, love like you love, and act like you act in concern for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, yeah, so Bruce, unfortunately, is sick, so do pray for him. Uh, and um, <clears throat> But he asked me yesterday if I would... Uh, like to preach in his stead and I said absolutely Uh, he said free kick you can choose whatever topic you like Uh, so of course um, being the mission pastor uh, I chose world mission uh, to speak on because that's one of my roles to champion the cause of mission here at St. Matt's so I want to speak to you a bit about uh, world mission and to get us thinking about this topic uh, I'm going to show you some pictures and I want you to think about what do all these people have in common okay so uh, there's the first picture there's the second picture there's the third and there's the fourth 100 points if you can name all those people later (laughs) Uh, do you know what they all have in common Um, these were all men and women who had a vision of a brighter future and who made the achievement of that vision a passionate priority uh, in their life i'm sure we all know people i'm looking at a couple of people who who know people who are super passionate um, of uh, achieving a vision in their life. They make that vis- the achievement of that vision a passionate priority. Um, and it's wonderful and it's inspiring uh, for, um, for us as we see those who have a vision and who make the achievement of that vision a passionate priority in their life. Well, actually, though, that's what we see here in uh, Revelation chapter 7. I want you to uh, open up if you've lost the page. It's 1,241 page 1241 Uh, and here we see um, beginning at verse 9 a vision uh, it's a vision of a, of a crowd, it's a great multitude uh, that no one can count, it says. Uh, people from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne uh, and before the Lamb. And they're dressed in white, so white symbolizes purity and peace. And uh, they're holding palm branches because um, palm branches symbolize festival joy. And uh, in other words, it's a picture of heaven, isn't it? Uh, where there's perfect peace and there's perfect joy. And all the nations uh, of the world are united. Uh, and they're not united, um, for example, at the Olympics. Uh, they're un- not united for the Soccer World Cup. Uh, they're not united for the United Nations or something like that. Uh, no, they're united uh, around, verse 10, worship. So we see there the, the 24 L, uh, sorry. Um, where are we? we? see here the, um, the people crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne uh, and to the Lamb. You see, they're celebrating God's victory over sin and evil and suffering. And verse 11, the angels are falling on their face uh, before God uh, and, and worshipping Him. Verse 12, they're constantly saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever and so that's the eternal chorus uh, of the angels in heaven, and then the people this great multitude join in verse twelve um, they're constantly yeah they're constantly just praising God uh, in this chorus and then verse fourteen the people of God in heaven uh, they are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation they are the ones who have washed their robes uh, and made them white it's a strange image but they have Uh, white robes that have been washed in the blood of the lamb and so what we see here is um, people in heaven uh, who are the ones who trust in jesus Uh, their robes have been washed and they've been made holy and acceptable to god not because of what they've done uh, but because of what jesus has done for them and so now they stand before the throne and before the lamb blameless and that's what their white robes symbolize So they're serving, verse 15, they're serving uh, before the throne night and day. Um, God's presence is their shelter, verse 16. God himself provides for all their needs. Uh, They hunger and thirst no more. In verse 17, the lamb uh, is at the center. And this lamb, funnily enough, is also their shepherd. And they shall no longer be in want, for he leads them by streams of living water, and he himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? What's Revelation 7 showing us? It's showing us a vision of heaven, a vision of a brighter tomorrow. Uh, We see peace, we see joy, we see people from all nations. And the focal point of heaven uh, is worship, worship around the throne. Uh, So in other words, um, worship is God's final destination for all of human history. Uh, It's His goal for all creation. And the means by which God brings about this vision for world worship is through world mission. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, Talking about world mission, the reason why this great multitude uh, is in heaven because at some point in history, someone went up to to them and said, Jesus loves you, right? If you accept Jesus, him uh, as your lord and that he died for the forgiveness of your sins uh, you will be saved and they believe that uh, and now they are in heaven worshiping God so I wanted to talk about our world mission Um, here at St. Matt's of course we are uh, always on mission we are on mission to make faithful disciples of Jesus Who share his love, grace, and truth in Manly and beyond. Uh, So, of course, we really do want to reach out to our community, our friends, our neighbours, our family, uh, those we work with uh, here in Manly or in the city or wherever it might be, uh, with the love and grace and truth of Jesus. But I really want to focus uh, today on the and beyond part of our mission. Uh, because as I said, the goal is worship and it's only through Jesus that we may worship God truly. The Lamb is at the center, verse 17, um, and the only way that people will end up worshiping God truly is through hearing the gospel, turning to Him and being saved. That's God's passionate priority, right? That's His vision, that's His passionate priority for the world and if you're a Christian here today, uh, I want to encourage you to have a heart like this uh, to, have, uh, to make God's vision your vision, uh, and to make His priority your priority. So I want to be very practical uh, today. I want to um, talk about two things. First of all, how you can get involved uh, in the cause of World Mission, and secondly, why you should get involved. So how, and then why. So first of all, how. Uh, I imagine um, a lot of us might think, well, you know, World Mission is out there, Uh, you know, it's, sorry, World Mission is for those Christians who are like, you know, the Wonder Woman or the Superman uh, of the Christian world, they're the ones who are the rock stars, but it's not for me, what can little old me do, you might be thinking, well, I want to say you can do a lot, I think there's a great illustration of this um, from uh, history, so um, I wonder if you know what this is a picture of from the movie. Dunkirk, thank you very much. Um, it's based uh, on... The, the, the movie's based on the true event, of course, in 1940 uh, in World War II uh, when the British army were in desperate need. Uh, there was about a quarter of a million British troops uh, on the beach uh, at Dunkirk in France and about 100,000 Allied troops. And the, the, the German tank divisions were closing in on them and these troops were trapped. And uh, the Royal Navy, as I understand it, only had enough ships To rescues around seventeen thousand men, and I think that comes out uh, in the movie. So what happened? The government put out a call, and every person with a big boat. Or a small boat, you know, from cruise liners and ferries all the way down to things that were pretty much just bigger than a floating bathtub, you know. uh, Maybe could fit three or four people. Uh, You know, this ragtag armada made their way across the channel. Apparently, God blessed uh, them with uh, wonderful weather. Uh, And this ragtag armada saved 338,000 troops stranded at Dunkirk. And many believe that this was the key that enabled uh, the troops to win the war um, because everyone pitched in. Whether big uh, or small, um, everyone got involved in this crisis, in this hour of need. And I actually want to say that um, that was obviously a time of desperate need, but the cause of world mission is just as, if not more, it is more urgent. There are billions of people in the world who don't know Jesus. And I would just, I just think that if, um, I'm going to say in a second, I think St. Matt's is, is is doing so well uh, in the cause of World Mission, I want to encourage you on that. But I just think if, if Christians around the world uh, were more alive to the urgency and to the need, uh, and <clears throat> I just think we'd be able to um, be doing even greater things, whether bringing big gifts or small for the cause of World Mission, it would be wonderful to see that. So I want to encourage us, uh, what can we do? Uh, there are four things, um, I'm borrowing these from the CMS uh, sort of Uh, plan uh, that they have, the four things that they identify. We can all pray. Um, What you pray for reflects your priorities, and uh, the way you know whether or not you share uh, God's beating heart for world mission is, to a very large extent, is whether or not you pray for world mission. And I'm telling you this, I'm rebuked. I've... um, you know, as the mission guy, I do not pray for world mission as much as I should. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the case for you as well. But I just encourage us to think about this. Um, prayer is absolutely crucial. It is absolutely crucial to the cause of well mission. Because God loves to bring about His plans and purposes in answer to the prayers of His people. Your prayers are so effective. And a wonderful uh, illustration of this, I think, in the Bible uh, is from Exodus uh, chapter 17. Uh yeah, well maybe it's number 17 actually, I might have got this wrong. Um, It's when Joshua and the men of Israel were fighting the Amalekites uh, and Moses, Aaron and Hur were on the hill overlooking the battlefield and uh, I don't know if you know the story but whenever Moses raises up um, his staff, Israel are winning and uh, whenever Moses gets tired and lowers his staff, the Amalekites uh, start winning and then you see Aaron and Hur, you know, helping this old guy keep up the staff um, so that the the troops on the battlefield might be winning. And I actually think that's a picture of the kind of effectiveness um, that your prayers will have. Right, we might be here on the home front, we might be up the hill, as it were, and the troops, as it were, might be on um, the mission field. Um, but I want to say that when you pray uh, for those on the mission field, um, it is powerful and effective. And I want to encourage you to pray as though you yourself were there with them. And so um, in praying for world mission... Um, I think uh, God wants us to pray for specific countries. Uh, I want to encourage you to think about praying especially for countries uh, in the so-called 1040 window. Uh, That's between 10 and 40 degrees north of the equator, uh, which is home to the largest number of unreached people groups. Um, In praying for World Mission, God wants us to pray for countries. He wants us to pray for organizations uh, like our mission partners, Hill Africa or Bridge of Hope. And of course, he wants us to pray for individuals as well. So, uh, like the Collins uh, in Marsden Park, uh, like the Fells in Norfolk Island, uh, like the Nadens uh, at Bush, sorry, Bush Church Aid, um, or the Haridines in Broken Hill, uh, like the Painters uh, in Cambodia, and the Bloomers uh, in Austria. So, each week, as uh, I hope you all know, uh, we print out um, prayer points. So, this is on the back of the sermon notes i'm not sure if anyone's is taking advantage of that but that's there for taking sermon notes but here on the back you have uh prayer points and you know look it fits perfectly in your bible so that might be a good thing just to slot that in there and pray for people throughout the week that are there uh, another idea, actually, I want to float with you guys is you might like to, as uh, if you're in a small group, you might like to, as a small group, uh, adopt, so to speak, a, uh, a missionary partner uh, and then appoint a liaison in your group to be the point of contact. who can then get in touch with them, ask for their specific prayer points, and also figure out if there are any specific ways that you might be um, caring for them and sending them care packages, sending them letters, let them know that, uh, or emails, letters, it's like, you know, what are we, back in the 90s? Uh, no, like you might want to be then emailing them and letting them know that uh, you love them and that kind of thing. Uh, so, there, there are some thoughts on how you might uh, practically uh, pray, specific things. Um, second of all, as I just alluded to, um, be great for us to be caring for our missionaries, uh, emailing them, telling them we be praying for them, uh, sending them packages uh, from home. Uh, if I was a missionary, I'd love to get a whole bunch of double-chock Tim Tams, that would be very nice, Is my favourite. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about that, um, yeah, it, I'd love to talk to you more and perhaps you might like to get in touch with a missionary partner or a missionary organisation to see how you could be most helpful. Um, on, the, on the idea of care, we've already heard from Paul Reid um, about the mission to park, so maybe, maybe you might like to go along to that to help care for those uh, in need in the bush. Another way uh, we can get involved in the cause of world mission is to give. As I've already alluded to, uh, as, to the extent that it's uh, been disclosed to me, I think St. Matt's is one of the most generous churches that I know. And, um, and so to the extent that, you know, as the mission par- pastor here, I want to say thank you. And I want to encourage you guys to keep giving generously. Um, God is so honored uh, by the generosity of the saints, of, of God's people here. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, so let me encourage you to keep doing that. In two weeks' time, uh, we'll be raising money. We're uh, inviting um, you to start giving uh, for our non-tax-deductible mission partners here at St. Matt. So uh, now's a good time to start thinking and praying. Uh, about what you might be willing to give to the cause of well, mission. And fourthly, um, go. Uh, again, St. Matt's has a rich history of um, sending missionaries out from amongst us. I'm sure you, for those of you who have been here much longer than I have, you could uh, list a whole bunch of people who have been sent. Uh, but I'm aware of the bloomers uh, being sent from here to Vienna, Austria, and the fells to Norfolk Island, uh, among others, who have left um, St. Matt's to other places. Um, So, like them, God will call some of us to leave our comfort zones and cross barriers to go and tell the Gospel. And I want to encourage you, would that be you, perhaps, um, down the track? You need to get ready, of course, but is this something that you might be thinking about and working towards? How do you participate? Um, How do you get involved in World Mission? We pray, we care, we give, and perhaps we go as well. That's the how. Uh, Secondly, the why. Why? Why should you get involved uh, in this wonderful vision, this wonderful cause for World Mission? Um, I'm going to suggest three reasons. First of all, because God commands us. In the most famous uh, passage on World Mission, uh, our Lord Jesus says, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations.'" Now, just to be clear, that doesn't mean we should all go. Like, we should all just get up out of our seats and go. Um, And the reason why I say that um, is because when Jesus said this, he was particularly talking to his 11 disciples. Uh, Now, if you do the maths, um, there is no way that 11 disciples will be able to reach the entire world across time uh, with the good news of Jesus. So, of course, the Great Commission is for the worldwide church as a whole. And what that means is, world mission only happens through global partnership. Uh, for us in Manly, now we've just, you've just heard me say go, uh, but for us in Manly, I also want to say practically that means most of us should stay. There we go. Because most of us need to stay on the home front and and reach manly i mean in one sense home front's not a helpful way of putting it because we're on the coal face as well our mission is to manly uh, but with respect to you know beyond manly um most of us will need to stay here and provide prayer and resources for those who go uh, but at the same time people need to go because we have such an abundance you know of resources and so forth for those of us um who have stayed including me um, here's my challenge are you clear on why you're staying have you prayerfully examined your reasons uh, for why in view of the great commission it's best for god's kingdom for you to stay now if you're clear uh, on those reasons it's better for you to stay um, but for the sake of the great commission i want to say that's awesome you know that's so good stay Um, but if for example um, there are other reasons like if you for example think that you have nothing to offer and that's why you're staying well let me tell you from my experience in short-term mission uh, I would say almost all of us here have bible knowledge skills and resources that are desperately needed uh, in places outside of Sydney you would be so useful uh, outside of Sydney if you would be called or inclined to go In addition to that, though, if you are staying um, because you think life in Manly is just too good to leave behind, I want to say I totally get it. Like, I love living in Manly. Um, But let me gently remind you that Jesus loved living in heaven, uh, but he left his comfort zone for our sake. So would you be willing to leave your comfort zone for the sake of others if that would be more useful for you to go for the sake of God's kingdom? Just put that out there for you to prayerfully consider. Um, There's an American pastor, John Piper, who says something very challenging uh, for me personally. He says, We must all be either radical goers or radical senders. He says the only alternative is disobedience. So radical sending would include, as, as we've been doing, I think, on the whole, generously giving. And that's because God commands all of us to be involved in world mission, whether praying Caring, giving, and or going. So that's one reason why we should get involved. Um, the second reason we should get involved is out of love for others. In times of crisis, I think our world is fantastic uh, in mobilizing um, to help those in need. So, in uh, the 2004 Boxing Day tsunami, the nations of the world gave around 14 billion US dollars uh, to help those regions affected by the Boxing Day tsunami. Um, And, you know, that's a massive uh, sum of money, I think, um, because it was a massive crisis. Um, But in the world today, there's, I think, an even bigger crisis uh, that needs a solution or needs resources sent to it. And that is, uh, right now, there are literally billions of people who don't know God. And according to the Bible, they stand under His judgment. They stand condemned already, the Bible says. Um, they don't know that God freely offers forgiveness and friendship with Him through faith in Jesus. And in Romans uh, chapter 10... Uh, the Apostle Paul says, how can the unreached peoples of the earth believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So people need to go. But how can they preach unless someone is sent? So we need to send. The greatest need of the peoples of the world is to hear the gospel. Yes, there are other you know significant issues and it's awesome for christians to be working towards that there's a lot of wisdom uh in in the saying that hungry stomachs don't have ears um, and god loves this world so it's great to actually embody that uh through deeds of compassion and i would say deeds of compassion should always accompany gospel proclamation where they're needed but at the end of the day the most loving thing that we can do uh, for the unreached peoples of the world is to tell them the gospel so that they have every opportunity to be saved And, you know, there's not too many uh, movies that move me to tears. Um, I, you know, I, f- I think I'm reasonably um, unemotional uh, at, at times, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I, watch, I watch certain movies, and one of them is Schindler's List, and um, it's about a German factory owner um, during World War II uh, called Oskar Schindler, and I'm sure you all know the story. And um, he employs um, Jewish laborers, and he makes a lot of money um, out of the war. But in his encounters uh, and his relate, his friendships uh, with with uh, his Jewish workers, especially his uh, Jewish accountant Itzhak, I think, um, he does. He realizes he, he's, he's filled with love and compassion for the plight of the Jewish people, and so he devotes himself. Uh, to saving Jews, you know, he bribes officials, he uh, dips into profits, he sells his possessions to save as many Jews as possible. And by the end of the war, he's virtually broke and uh, he's done such amazingly good things uh, for the plight of the Jewish people that at the end uh, as of the war, as the German army's on the retreat, um, Schindler has to flee his factory uh, but before he does, um, the Jewish laborers he has saved gather together and they give him a gift and if you remember um, the gift is a gold ring uh, and it has this inscription from the Talmud that whoever saves one life saves the world entire and it's a it's a oh, it's a beautiful um, quote um, but but Oscar Schindler he sees this and he sees the, the jet, you know the smiles and and all the lives uh, of those around him and he starts to well up and he He's looking at the ring, just in this picture, and he he says, I could have got more. And his Jewish accountant, Itchak, replies, there are 1,100 people alive because of you. But Schindler replies, if I'd made more money, if i you know, he says, I threw away so much money, you have no idea if I just, and and Itchak says, look, there will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough, Schindler says, you did so much, Ichak reaffirms. And then this is the bit, bit that gets me. Like, Schindler looks, looks at his car and he says, this, this car, it could, have, it could have been sold to save 10 people. And then he looks at um, his Nazi, uh, the gold swat sticker pin, uh, and he says, two more people, at least one. You know, one more person. I could have got one more person, and I didn't, and I didn't. And then he sobs. And everyone, I think, who watches that is sobbing too. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but the reason why I'm so moved by this story is because there have been times when I've just sobbed. In my case, um, the sob, I was sobbing because I've just wept as I've realised how much time I've wasted in leisure, like watching Netflix and playing video games. And don't get me wrong, it you know... I really want to say it's great to spend time in leisure and it's important to rest. And likewise, it's good to spend money on ourselves and enjoy the blessings that our Heavenly Father gives us. But I just also want to say, bear this in mind. The reason why we're not in heaven yet is because we still have a job to do. And God says this to us in 2 Peter... Uh, He says the reason he's delaying the return of Jesus, the reason why we haven't received the fullness of leisure and rest or the fullness of an abundance of every blessing that God wants for us is because, he says, he is patient with the world. He's not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. And I actually think God's heart for the world is a lot like Oscar Schindler. He wants to see just one more, just one more, just one more, just one more to be saved. And he does so out of love for the world and at great cost to himself that he wants just one more. And so my question to you is, to what extent are you willing to give to world mission or to go on world mission at great cost? Out of love for those who don't yet know Jesus, for those of you who are giving generously, praise God. But maybe there are those here who might need to reconsider to what extent you're willing to go or to give for the sake of those who don't yet know Jesus. So that's why we should get involved out of love for others. And uh, finally, we should get involved, I think, out of love for God. Our God really does want all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And when more and more people get saved when more and more people gladly accept Jesus and worship God through Him, God is glorified by that, right? The way, one of the best ways for us to love God is to love like He loves, for His sake. Um, one of the uh, American, um, again, the American pastor, John Piper, he says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church, Right? My, my job um, as mission pastor, in one sense, really is, is uh, for the sake of Dave's job, which is as worship pastor. Now, it, it, if you know what I mean. Um, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. The goal of missions is the gladness of the peoples in the greatness of God. God wants all of us to be involved in world mission so that he is glorified, because as the gospel goes out, the peoples of the world get gladness, but then God gets the glory. And that's why we saw um, in Revelation chapter 7, worship is God's vision for the world. And God's vision will surely become a reality. It is an unstoppable project. Um, You know, it's great that we're doing the building project in a second, but the most exciting project that God is on about um, is this vision and Matthew uh, 24 puts it like this, it says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come, right? This is guaranteed, God graciously involves all of us to share uh, in his uh, project, in his plan for the world uh, so that he might achieve his vision for, the, for world worship but my, my little suggestion to you is if you are indifferent about world mission, if you ignore God's command to get involved, God won't miss out. You will miss out. God will simply pass over you if you don't want to get involved and he will find someone else because the gospel will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. So I want to say to you, friends, don't miss out on this, right? This is the best, biggest, most amazing project that we can get involved in World mission is the passion of God's heart. I want to urge you, please consider, make it the passion of yours as well. Pray, care, give and perhaps even go, not only for the sake of obedience, not only out of love for others but ultimately for the love of God. Let me lead us in prayer. Father God, we pray that you would break our heart for what breaks yours. Please make it so that Everything we have will be for your kingdom's cause as we walk from this earth into eternity. We ask, Lord, that you would be glorified as we share a heart like yours for worship, that we might share a heart like yours for world mission. We pray all this for Jesus' sake. Amen.